The APSEC Atlantic Pacific Australian Equity Fund is a long short fund that was started in June 2013 that invests in Australian shares and derivatives. The last 12 months has been an interesting time for Australian long short managers with a number of funds failing to soften the impact of the market fall in February and March. For the 22 open Australian long short managers on the AFM database, the variance of return between best and worst over the last 12 months was plus 22% to over minus 22%. The Atlantic Pacific Australian Equity Fund was one of the best performers over the period, returning 21.8% for the 12 months to the end of August 2020. But looking deeper into the AFM database, we can start to see where the fund's performance has been generated. The fund has had a negative down capture ratio for the past four years, meaning it's generated positive returns when the market was negative. This lack of correlation to the market is further highlighted by comparing drawdowns versus the market, with the fund doing exceptionally well in the large drawdowns of 2016, 2018, and of course, more recently in 2020. With an uncertain future for markets, many investors are looking for uncorrelated investments for their portfolios. Today, I'm joined by Nicholas Bryan from AppSec to talk about their fund. Nicholas, thanks for joining me. No worries. Thank you. Thank you very much, Damon. Um, the fund has performed very well through the volatility of February and March. Um, can you give us some insight into how the fund was positioned at the start of the year and how you generated such uh, strong outperformance? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess um, it sort of entered the year uh, with a backdrop of um, relatively high valuations. Um, typically, that sort of environment uh, where, where we're not as comfortable, um, simply because you know when you do, but when when markets do draw uh, from those environments, they tend to uh, draw quite uh, quite far, uh, and so. Generally, through the through the first uh, couple of months of, um, uh, of of this year, we were uh, had had much lower exposure, um, and importantly, uh, as a sort of a, a strategic um, uh, lever to what we do, uh, we were hedging off um, market exposure over weekends, um, which I'll come to in a minute, which is very important uh, when when I talked to both the, the end of February and, and through March. Um, so in, in the run-up to uh, into COVID, uh, we'd had the Australian reporting season. In my view, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, expectations weren't met. And so if you have an environment where you have very high valuations without um, the necessary EPS trajectory uh, to support prices, um, it sort of makes us very uncomfortable. And so, you know, continuing with the, the weekend hedge, um, leading into the 21st of February, um, you know, obviously come the next week, uh, we were able to um, essentially block out uh, that first part of uh, the downdraft through uh, uh, February. But, you know, I think it's probably important to note that in the lead up through the reporting season, uh, we had Italy in lockdown. Uh, we had a US um, administration essentially uh, denying uh, what was going on. Um, their testing uh, framework was opaque at best, uh, and it was certainly um, 
in, in our mind, uh, quite heightened risk uh, in the market. Uh, and so, you know, um, having that, that essentially picked the top on the 21st with our uh, weekend hedge, which um, we sort of strategically uh, implemented for, for, the, for the year, um, put us in very good stead uh, for the coming weeks. Um, so interestingly, I've, when, you, when you actually go back and analyse the uh, COVID environment, it was essentially the Monday which presented as the biggest draw. Um, so, um, you know, fortuitously or, um, you know, strategically, however way you uh, want to look at it, uh, that's how we viewed markets. And as soon as we sort of get into these environments where market uh, prices are moving fast, um, it's sort of uh, part of what we do very well. Um, so uh, I guess as, as markets fell, um, we were witnessing uh, prices and volume start to accelerate to um, the downside, um, which sort of brings us to the 23rd uh, of February, which was the, the start of the, the, the week where uh, markets started to bounce. Even though that day was down, um, we started to see quite large uh, dumping stock, sort of some sort of elevated volumes. Um, and I guess if, if, if you can't sort of uh, analyze the market in aggregate, uh, as to uh, why this is going on. So, um, you know, generally when we're, when we're buying, we want to be buying on the back foot. Um, and so uh, we're always looking for panic selling. And that Monday was that day, uh, relative to even the, the prior weeks. Um, and so we saw lots of panic selling, um, uh, various stocks hitting support levels, our accumulation signals were also uh, starting to fire. Uh, and so um, what happens generally is that when these signals start to cluster at any one point in time, um, it starts to show up uh, a particular market dynamic which could emerge over the coming weeks. Um, and so, you know, from an aggregate perspective, um, around 20% of companies were in this state by the 23rd, uh, which is, you know, from the perspective of the Australian market, had never been seen before, all right? So, you know, generally in, in, in market down drafts, you see maybe up to 10% of stocks in those sort of um, uh, mean reversion states or near support or, or, or in, in accumulation uh, phase, but never have we seen 20%. And so, you know, obviously that's um, unprecedented, um, you know, relative to the GFC, which was uh, very much a slow grind. Occasionally you had those periods where um, you had this sort of um, excessive selling, um, but for most part it was very much a slow grind. Um, but having that insight um, to understand um, the dynamic of the market and this extreme that we're seeing uh, led us to uh, finally lift our hedge. Um, what happens when uh, prices um, do fall so fast, so quickly, they then, on the reverse side, behave like a rubber band. Um, and so if you pick that, that day or, or two days, three days, in, in this case, uh, in particular, the first two, two days of that rebound, you capture this enormous amount of alpha. Um, so, you know, for example, um, Aristocrat was one of those stocks that uh, had, got, uh, had, had been belted. Um, you know, the classic COVID stock where 
um, you know, the basis for them earning revenues is people congregating, um, uh, whether it's around a table or, or around a poking machine. Uh, but even so, um, at some point, these stocks become so oversold that they bounce. Um, and so in the case of Aristocrat, um, from the 24th uh, to the 25th, bounced 30%. Uh, we were lucky enough to um, buy into that stock on the 24th. Um, so, um, so in that sense, you know, because we sort of had this ability to analyse and aggregate the market, um, knowing what would happen in these um, severely oversold states, uh, we then started to deploy capital. Um, it's not so much um, uh, when we deploy capital in those extreme states, because we're always sort of cognizant of the past volatility, um, that we don't want to be hit on the downside, so just in case markets fail. Uh, and so we, we essentially deployed very little capital in hindsight, not the best decision, but um, I guess from the point of view of where we were at that point, that is, we're already making money, uh, market down 30% odd, um, deploying a little bit of capital um, enabled us to pick up these sort of real extreme uh, alpha uh, contributions to, to the portfolio. Um, and then the rest of um, uh, March sort of extended uh, and then through April, April May as well. Um, and, you know, it, the performance, as I noted earlier, has been exceptional, but you also um, had similar uh, avoiding drawdowns in 2016 and 2018. Um, what, what's unique about um, your process that you think helps you get through these sorts of situations? Yeah, um, I, I guess it, um, in, in some respects, comes back to the philosophy of what we're trying to do. Um, it's certainly the case that um, the strategy is unique in the sense that um, the, the outcomes that we've crafted um, are not seen anywhere else in the Australian market. Um, and I guess we're all proud of, proud of that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, over the long term, we want to be able to uh, beat the market, whether it's via stock selection or market posi uh, positioning. So in the early days of the fund where, you know, valuations were um, uh, were, were, were reasonable um, and where markets uh, and economies were reflating at that point in time. So this is sort of 2013, 2015. Um, you know, we did quite well. Um, then we sort of went through this um, valuation, excessive valuation period, sort of amplified by low bond rates, uh, where we sort of um, uh, started to uh, underperform. But it was sort of deliberate um, uh, way of managing money because we find excessive valuations um, uh, quite, um, uh, you know, like the, the, the likelihood of a fat tail in those environments is quite high. Um, but then again, you know, as you highlight the, um, the periods where we go through distressed environments, you know, we come into our own um, due to uh, the experience of managing these sort of major downturns, whether it's you know us putting on our trading hats or uh, being able to interpret the, the, the macro environment uh, better than others, um, I guess at the end of the day, the philosophy internally is that you know if we if we do uh, foresee a market sell down, you know over two percent, 
then internally we think we must beat the market. All right. So, you know, it's all well and good to be a long only uh, manager and buy good companies, which which we do uh, quite well as well. Um, but when uh, environments become distressed, if you have the tools to manage that risk, then why not? So that's what we do. Um, so, you know, in, in terms of the, the track record since inception, there's been, I think, 18 occasions where the market's been down 2% um, on 17 occasions we've, um, we've outperformed. Um, so I guess in, you know, in, in, in sort of a, a broad summary, if we focus on the upside where um, the risk reward is um, favorable, so where valuations are, are, are um, appealing, um, and we manage the, the downside, we're actually able to craft some very attractive return profiles relative to everyone else. Um, so it's not so much about uh, beating the market, which is always a good thing, um, and we certainly strive to do that over the long term. Um, we also focus on uh, volatility. All right. So, um, you know, we went through this um, approval process with uh, Zenith uh, recently, um, recently got approved. Um, they bucketed us into a certain component of the hedge fund space in, in Australia. Um, but if you actually review our returns across uh, pretty much all long short funds, not one showed a near zero correlation with the market. So probably in our point, uh, from our point of view, that's actually quite uh, a powerful indicator of our, uh, of our capability in the sense that, you know, over the long run, we have very little correlation with the market. We beat the market, but we also deliberately um, attempt to reduce volatility. So with reasonably uncertain times um, still ahead of us, um, how are you, how's the fund positioned at the moment and how do you see the market going forward over the next six to 12 months? Um, yeah, good question. Uh, I think um, there's a range of uh, macro uh, events that are looming, obviously the US um, election, um, depending on you know, what the, uh, the score is on Biden versus um, Trump, uh, that will create its own volatility. Um, the, the extent to which valuations have sort of crept up again, uh, even looking two years out, three years out, um, still quite ritzy uh, in, in, in the scheme of things. Um, so generally, we, we would be uh, very conservative uh, in terms of our positioning. We will maintain the um, uh, weekend hedge uh, because, you know, when markets aren't open and we're not awake, uh, we don't want to expose our investors to potential um, fat tails. Um, and then, you know, as, as weeks progress into various events, uh, we'll probably open up, open up the book. Um, but, you know, there, there's a few, few individual stocks that um, may also provide um, uh, some alpha to the portfolio. Um, but, yeah, generally we're, we're sort of uh, bottom pickers. Um, and I guess in, in sort of the current environment, you have to be quite patient. Um, but, you know, when, when stocks have been so oversold, um, you know, generally the, uh, 
risk risk reward is in your favour um, as as that segment of the market uh, reflects. Generally, not in tech. Um, you know, the, the valuations are, are, are extreme, um, and uh, yeah, that won't be driving our returns, other than maybe relative returns. Well, as I said at the start of the video, uh, you know, uh, I think a lot of investors need to think about um, lowly correlated or uncorrelated investments in their portfolios. And certainly, you've done an amazing job, um, really since inception, but certainly in, in, in really poor markets um, at varying spaces in time. Nicholas, thanks for your time this afternoon, um, and good luck in the future. Thank you. All the best.